Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, have you ever gotten killed and brought back to life? This is going to surprise you, but uh, yes. Oh, wow, really? Yes, actually. Uh, this is not a joke. So, like, <laughs> I was, uh, I had my um, kidney removed yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a fetus, actually, it, like died in utero. And uh, this is not none of this is going to be funny. I <laughs> but I uh, had an anesthesiologist because they have to use anesthesia to do surgery for anybody. But they had like a infant anesthesiologist who basically had to stop my heart to do the <laughs> thing or like slow it down to the point where it was I was basically almost dead. And then they brought it back. They like revived it back up. So, yes. To answer your question. So what you're saying is you can't use this machine because you'll explode. Yeah, I'll explode <laughs> if I use the machine. But also, like, eventually my face is just going to melt. Like, during one of these podcasts, <laughs> my head's going to fall off. Oh, boy. Well, um, Joe, that was a downer, so let's start this over. <laughs> oh, Welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. This week's episode is Dead Heat 1988, Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams, and the dad from A Christmas Story, yes. <laughs> who is the bad guy, and Vincent Price, Darren McGowan. Old man instant Vincent Price. Well, you couldn't even tell it was Vincent Price until he started talking. And like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, oh, okay. Ah, there's Vincent Price. So, uh, yeah, we're doing this movie. This is Free For All February. We decided to do this one because when we did Medallion in Jackie January, uh, they said that the there was major parts of the script that had to be rewritten because they were lifted word for word from this movie. And I cannot figure out what parts of those script there were because the yeah. only thing that's the same is a cop gets brought back to life. The method is different. The Correct. enemy is different. The Correct. enemy's motivation is different. Correct. I, I don't know. There's more rich people in this movie, and that there's one, it's a, just kind of like a cabal. Yeah, there's the one British guy who's rich. Maybe, yeah. Joe, maybe in Medallion, uh, Lee Evans' role was originally Joe Piscopo. Hey, that would be an interesting <laughs> way to picture it. <laughs> All right, so Joe, uh, let's get into it. Dead Heat, 1988, like I said, made by New World Pictures. And I told you beforehand, this... Studio has made some bangers, Joe. Yeah, you told me. Children of the Corn, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Chud. Oh! Chud has a lot of cultural cachet now because of the term for Trump users. People call him I Chud. I did not know that. The, the, yeah. But I saw Chud before Trump ever entered office. That's a Yeah, crap. but... But people call him Chuds, the 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 big Trump fan. And then the, my favorite one from this, not a, not a horror movie like the rest of them, Heather's. Joe, have you seen Heather's? Yes, I've seen Heather's. That movie rules. Heather's, fantastic. That is fantastic. new New World Pictures. And if you haven't seen Heather's, it's on Hulu. So go check it out. Go I love do that. it. Great movie. <laughs> um, that might actually be an action movie. We could end up doing that. One of these days. Oh, it's not a bad action movie. It's great. We just got done talking about how good it is. That's true. That's very true. Although we could potentially do uh, a whole podcast just on the ending with Christian Slater blowing himself up. Yeah, that makes no <laughs> fucking sense at all. The last 10 minutes of that movie makes less sense than anything we've watched. It's like they grafted on another script at the end and they were like, all right, this is the movie. 
like, well, we got this teen love story and it kind of went off the rails because they're trying to kill people. How do we tie all this together? Uh, let's just remove the psychopath from the equation. <laughs> let's just have him blow himself up. Somebody's reading the script. They're like, oh, this is really good. This is really good. He's like, all right, yeah, let me let me work on this. And he comes back. He's like, here's the last scene. And they're like, you doing OK, bud? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what happened here? Yeah, some guy who, like, just divorced his high school sweetheart after 20 years. <laughs> He's like, I know how to get her back. That's him typing very loudly. Yeah, and angrily. All right, Joe. So, Dead yeah. Heat. How does okay. it start? How does it well, start, Joe? Well, it starts by being made in 1988. Oh, yeah. And it's directed by Mark Goldblatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget of $5 million. Box office return of $3.58 million, which is less. Which I'm, I'm thinking I, the five million dollar budget they got a lot of special effects out of that. Yes, that million bucks, a lot of practical effects. We were texting about it that this, there's a lot of good practical effects in this movie. But you also have to realize that five million dollars was a decent amount back yeah. in 1990, uh, 1988. Yeah, that's true. Let's see, let Let's let's see what it is now. 1988 dollars to 2021. I would guess it'd be something like 50 to 60 million dollars. Uh, so a hundred dollars is two twenty five today. So a hundred dollars is two hundred twenty five dollars today. Yeah. Oh. So it's times two point two five. So the budget is so about 11, like 11, 12 million. Yeah, eleven, twelve million. So decent chunk of change, but that's still they still got a lot out of it. And I think I think CGI must be more expensive, and that makes a lot more sense because they got oh, anim- totally. they got to animate it and everything, but. Yeah, yeah great. most practical effects are just, like, from that era, is just prosthetics and, like, liquid, like, fake blood and stuff. Yeah, and they got a lot out of this. Great prosthetics in this movie. We'll give them that. That uh, We'll give them that. So, Joe. And animatronics. Anyway. Yeah, Joe, let's get into it. Uh, let's jump in. So, we open on a cityscape, baby. Like we, all could, we could movies. just fucking staple that to the front of the podcast <laughs> for each one, because there's not a single one of these will not start with the city with the cityscape. Yeah, even where there's not cities. It'll be like Congo and it'll start with the cityscape. I think Congo did start with the cityscape. <laughs> <laughs> um two men put on uh S&M Zorro masks and prepare to rob a jewelry store. Like they have these leather masks that only cover over their eyes. They're like Batman masks. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, with the ears. Yeah, without the ears, but um, yeah, I feel like they would be like, all right, so we're going to rob this bank and just have the, the guys in the lineup just cover their eyes because the whole rest of their face is showing. You could pick these guys out of a lineup. You know what it is? Remember like the really old time robber mask that just covered like oh, yeah, around just, the eyes, like black around the eyes. The which, raccoon masks. The raccoon masks. Like this is like a, an upgrade to that because they cover the hair. Yeah, though well, it's like that joke about how it used to be so much easier to get away with crimes in the past. <laughs> so you could get away with just because there was no forensics or anything. You could just run away. And if they oh, don't okay. wreck, you're done. Yeah, there's no cameras. There's no nothing. Yeah, they're at least putting in an effort by putting yeah. something on. Yeah, and Joe, um, they, so there's the two guys that are driving to the crime scene. Um, why is the driver loading his automatic weapon? Maybe have the passenger do that? That's a good, yeah, load both. Yeah, the, the passenger's just chilling there. He's like, all right, let me... He's, like, holding the steering wheel with his knees. He's like, let me get this loaded. I didn't even notice that, but yeah. he was, They were both loading weapons, and the wheel's just kind of, like, moving itself. <laughs> yeah. But, uh-huh. Joe, we find out later why they don't care if they die in a fire. Oh, wreck. yeah, dude, who gives a shit? 
Um, so this old lady in in a jewelry store, uh, in the jewelry store they're going to rob, is unimpressed with the diamond-studded ruby necklace that she's uh, being handed. Uh, she's looking for something more suspenseful, i.e. cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I. You know, I didn't know what suspenseful jewel. I just wrote suspenseful jewelry question mark. I think she just means cheaper because later the robber like grabs her bag to like rob it too. And oh, yeah. things, there's like, like old napkins in there. And she's like, you cheap bitch. And it's like, yeah, he's got a point. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which, why would you try to steal a purse in a jewelry store? Like you're like, I'm going to steal all these jewels and also $57 that's in this woman's purse. $57 and 72 cents. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I guess it makes sense if you didn't bring, like, a pillowcase or a bag. Like, you get there, you're like, you forgot uh, the one thing to bring. The guy's <laughs> like, you had one job. I did the guns, you bring the bags. Easy <laughs> operation. Like, they come out, like, pretty, like, the, the Pretty Pretty Princess game where they're, like, wearing all the jewelry. <laughs> That's how they get out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they have, like, 30 rings on their fingers. Yeah, like, 10 uh, up and down uh, <laughs> earrings on each yeah. side. Um, anywho, the men burst in, they start shouting, they throw the old lady to the floor, and like I said, they call her a cheap old bitch, and they're not totally wrong. No. Um, uh, these men can't smash the glass with their guns, but they manage to shoot the glass into shards, which is bizarre, right? Like, I feel like they should have at least made a crack if it was breakable. Yeah, if it was, if it wasn't bulletproof, they should have, yeah, made a crack or something, or, you know, gone around the back where there was, it was wide open. Right, yeah, the case is just wide open. <laughs> yeah, and that way you don't have to run your hands through broken glass to get the stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's very <laughs> true. Just the thought, guys. Um, also, you don't set off the alarm that way. Uh, but who knows? Uh, the Oh, the woman hits the silent alarm who works there, and we get a cut to Joe Piscopo, who's rocking out, and Treat Williams, who's tolerating it, and these are just a couple of buddy cops out on the prowl. Joe, they're so mismatched. They are oil and water. These two rapscallions. Yeah, they are grease and milk. Uh, <laughs> Gross. So, <laughs> uh, Joe Piscopo's rocking out. Treat Williams is there. Uh, Piscopo's name is Doug. Treat's name is Roger. Yeah, um, Roger Mortis, which I'm going to throw a boo on that. A boo? <laughs> yeah, just... Just a blanket boo on calling him Roger Mortis and he dies. Spoiler alert. Roger Mortis. Uh, yeah. And Doug, what do you think of Doug's last name? Bigelow. Male Doug Bigelow. Bigelow. <laughs> Joe Piscopo's mullet in this this movie. Wild. Second to none. It's wild. It is a it's, wild look. I submit it's perfect. It is a it's perfect, a perfect movie, mullet. A per perfect mullet. Wow. Business in the front, party in the back. Not too much business, not too much party. Perfect mullet. It's true, yeah. And it's not too flat on the sides. You're right. It kind of, like, all blends a little bit. Yeah, it's well done. It's a well, well done. done. Um, so, da, 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 da. okay. Uh, after some banter, Roger and Doug are called out to the robbery. Roger spins his car around, which causes Doug's hot dog to fly out of the bun. And then in the very next shot, Doug is holding a bunless hot dog. You explain this to me. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I wanted you to explain this to me. I was going to say, if it flies out of his hand, he's going to be holding the butt, not the dog. You watch the dog fly out of his yeah, hand. Yeah, you watch the it dog. It shows the process, and then it goes back, and he's just holding the hot dog. It's some 
next level magic. It was definitely filmed. And then Joe Piscopo was like, it's funnier if I'm holding the hot dog. And they're like, it yeah. does no. You, you, but the hot dog flew out. He's like, I don't care. It's funnier if hey, I'm holding Hey, it's like I'm dog. a gay guy. I'll slip that in <laughs> later, too. <laughs> You'll see. It'll be a big part of the movie. I thought Joe Piscopo was here for a second. <laughs> I'm going to be breaking that out all during this podcast. Um, so, on arrival, Roger asks if they've caught the Cash and Dash boys. Um, and uh, so we find out a little bit more about that later. The men come out. One gets shot immediately with a shotgun. And then the shotgun cop takes a automatic rifle bullet, just one shot, directly between the eyes. I Yeah, that's what I said. Automatic shot, just one, one, one hitter. Just pop. Yeah, and he goes down hard. Uh, we get a massive gunfight with automatic rifles, cops dropping like flies. What is Doug's reaction? Hey, Raj, isn't it a little early in the morning for this? Or a little early in the morning for this, isn't it? Thanks, Joe. Piscopo. Yeah, well, people are dying around him. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> hey. hey. No, no, no sweat off his back. But, Joe, do you recognize the uh, uh, Herzog, the bald guy? Herzog? The bald uh, police officer that's there, that's kind of in charge of the scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Herzog. Yeah. That is Robert Picardo, baby. Yeah, no, he's a big-time actor. Yeah, the only good part of Star Trek Voyager. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Roger asks why the robbers are still alive after they pumped rounds of bullets into them. What's funny is I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Why are they so splotchy? Why are they not going? Oh, <laughs> like that's what I did. You know, it's kind of funny because like this movie transfers so quickly into the realm of the possible, uh, into the realm of the impossible from the possible. And so seamlessly where the characters don't even like indicate to you. They don't that care. Something bizarre. Like if I was in a shootout, as a police officer and I was shooting two guys with automatic rifles and I know I've hit them like 20 times and they're not dead. I'm scared shit. I'm freaking out. Well, Joe, the every single character's to re- reaction to resurrection. In this movie is, huh? huh. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like we'll get to it. But when they drag Roger's body into the machine, they're like, Oh, let's see if this works. And it does. And they're like, <laughs> sweet. And then she, like, knows everything automatically. She's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you'll decay in 12 hours. Yeah, how does she know that? What the hell? This is what I don't understand. These two guys know they can't be killed. The the Cash and Dash boys. Yes. They know they can't be killed. Why are they fighting back? They could just go through this line of cops. Great question. You just walk. You just walk back to your car and you leave. Yeah, that's it. You're done. I I don't understand why the shootout exists. Because we see later them getting shot does not affect them at all. Because my favorite parts of this movie are the, the zombie on zombie shootouts, yes. which we'll get to. And and they're just like, it's like two people like uh like shooting uh like cap guns at each other for as much as it bothers. Or like them. nerf guns, yeah. Yeah, nerf guns, yeah. It's like inconvenient. Um, yeah. So they pumped rounds of bullets into these guys. Uh, they're not going down. But then Roger asked to borrow the lieutenant's car. Despite him having brought his own car. Well, he wasn't going to do what he needed to do in his own car. (laughs) That was a red flag right away. Like, I'd be like, didn't you drive here? Yeah, no, no. The answer's no. (laughs) No, Whatever you're going to do, do it with your own car. Do it with your own car. I'm not being a part of this. Uh, Lieutenant says no, he does it anyway. Um, 
one of the robbers pulls out a grenade and Doug shoots it out of his hand. The robber goes, uh-oh, <laughs> and it blows up. That was a great part. I laughed out loud at that. I, I'm a simple man. No, there's some good parts. This has some, like, classic late 80s, 90s humor and, like, other, like, qualities. But, like, the humor in this is very late 80s, early 90s, where you're just like, this is this is what I grew up on. This is yeah. me. Yeah, we and later on, it has the perfect example of a late 80s joke where Joe Piscopo talks about his ex, the square root of his ex-wife's. Yes. That's a perfect like, wait. Yeah, that's a perfect late 80s joke. Um Roger rams the other robber with the lieutenant's car. Um and then the lieutenant tattles on him and we cut to the next scene we see the chief of police reaming Roger and Doug in the next scene. Uh we also learn full names Roger Morris or Mortis as you said uh and Doug Bigelow. Male gigolo. Male gigolo. Uh, laundry list of offenses that these two have in no particular order of severity. Unauthorized use of a city ve- use of a city vehicle. Reckless endangerment of property and lives. Use of non-regulation firearm. Disrespectful conduct. Flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. And oh my god, in parking tickets, which Joe. I didn't even know. You could get parking tickets as a cop. You can't. <laughs> you park wherever you want because you're there. You're. It's assumed you're on business. Yeah, you're there on business. A cop cannot get a parking ticket. This That's what I thought. Sense. Yeah. Later on, they get a parking ticket, like parking in a driveway, too. Do they get a parking ticket in this movie? When, when they get a parking ticket when they're leaving. I think when they're leaving um, the Randy's house. Oh, Randy's house. In yeah. a residential yeah, why are they getting parking tickets? Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. Nice. But um, but Joe, this scene with the the police chief, mm-hmm. uh, the captain, I didn't yeah. care. He's not Roma. Yeah, he's it's true. Estevez. I don't care. Like That's nothing true. will ever match up to those two those two captains. He's very bland for a police chief. Like he's obviously angry, but it's like who gives a shit? Like yeah. I could get getting reamed by this guy and just be like, okay, is this. Is this going to be over soon? I, I Joe, Joe Piscopo is like, I got some gay jokes to make, buddy. Are you going to wrap this up? All day, for days. Uh, Lieutenant Herzog gets called a bitch, basically. <laughs> and the boys get a slap on the wrist, but are ordered to catch the rest of this network of jewel thieves. Doug says he loves the job, the power, the little badge, the danger, the donuts. <laughs> Joe, they're on double probation, by the way. Oh, double probation? He says they're on double probation. That's like... How many probations can you go to? Triple? That's what I want to know. How many... So, how many probations do you get before you're on desk duty? Before you're actually probated. (laughs) Before you're actually probated, yeah. Uh, Good question. Yeah. Uh, I do not know. The Cash and Dash gang has been terrorizing a nine-block radius Mm -hmm. of this city. The police have determined that they're a gang because, A, they always work in pairs and they're heavily armed. B, they commit their crimes in broad daylight. And C, they have the reckless, they have reckless disregard for their personal safety. Jeff, are Roger and Doug in the cash and dash gang? That's what I wanted to know. I was going to say, all this describes Roger and Doug. They do not (laughs) care about any repercussions they attack during the day and they're always in pairs 
What, heavily armed. Heavily armed. Just shooting shotguns out of the side of their car. At, tossing at grenades. A, yeah, tossing grenades. But, Joe, there is – so when we start this movie, I, when we start watching movies, just to peel back, back the curtain, I assume you do it like I do, where you're like, I'm not sure what is going to be important. Yes. So you kind of remember a little bit of everything. And at this point, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be well-written or not, because in back-to-back lines, they say it's been the last three weeks and the last two weeks this has happened. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> but I luckily, noticed that. luckily, that does not come into play. I just wanted to say that I was I was, I was worried. You know, like, I to peel back the curtain on my end, I, I because I end up having to take I have I really do have to know what the hell's going on to make notes that are somewhat discernible to the audience. Yeah. Um I cut right past bad dialogue and like inconsistent dialogue and I just mostly try to figure out what's going on. So it, in this scene what I understood immediately was like okay these robbers can't die and that yeah. is going to be important. Later yeah, on. you you um you uh unfocus your eyes and see the sailboat, and I have to look at all the little squiggles. That's what I do. Is I watch, I I stare at all wave. Yeah, each little squiggle, and I figure it out. Uh, so yes, one difference between uh Doug and Roger and the robbers are that the robbers don't die when shot, but this is not a difference for long. No, and we we skip past it because uh the dialogue thing, but. Joe Piscopo says to to uh, to treat Williams. He says, uh, "You can't get him when you're dead, uh, Roger." Which yes, he can. <laughs> he most definitely can, and he does. Yes. So next scene, Roger and Doug visit the morgue, where mm-hmm. they look over the various Halloween decorations that they have there. Yeah, that does not look like the guys that were were. <laughs> So they, there's there's a is it Joe Piscopo or Treat Williams who like p- pulls back the sheet and is like, "Well, that's gross," and puts it back. Uh, I don't remember which one, but I think like right away it cuts to the morgue and one of them's uncovered. Yeah, and, and then he covers like, them. But it's just like it's a Halloween decoration. It's a it's Halloween a decoration animatronic corpse. <laughs> yeah, it's a ghoulie. It's it's not it's not either one of these guys. And we see what we see them both later because they show pictures to to Randy. Yeah, it's a body that like first of all, I don't even think bodies that are decomposed ever look like this. I think this no. is like a crypt keeper, basically. Yeah, but like, like you said, this is a, a um, uh, Tales from the Crypt movie. Like that's in a Tales from the Crypt movie. That, yeah, that's what it looks something like. Something you look like right over, but like yeah. in this movie, it's like, wait, th- we're supposed to believe these are the two guys that we just saw get rammed with a car and blown up? <laughs> yeah, th- this looks nothing like it, and and just it's I want. I don't know, because they show we see what they looked like in the morgue. And, and that's not that guy. So maybe it's a well, third then guy. They have pictures. They show yeah, the that's pictures. What I'm saying. So like, they hear the picture and they're just normal dudes. Yeah, there's normal dudes with bullet holes in them. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre for sure. Uh, the mortician is pissed uh, that Roger won't call her back. It's a fee, It's a lady mortician. Her name is Rebecca. Uh, I feel like she, Rebecca needs to focus. On the on the task at hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because she is she's sitting on this like big news of like, hey, these bodies have been here before and somehow they're out in the streets like shooting guns and stuff. But like the first thing that comes out of her mouth is like, you know, you can call. I do have a phone. Yeah, like, it's priorities, lady. Priorities. Jesus. Uh her name's Rebecca. Uh she says the bodies have been in the morgue before, based on this on the saw marks on the chest. Yeah, that's a dead giveaway when there's a cavity chest or a cavity scar. 
Yeah, uh, the, the, the why the why you see in in movies and TV where they they cut it out. And the reaction to this set the tone for the reaction to everything in the whole movie. Doctor McNabb's reaction when he walks in, uh, he comes in to dismiss the claims of zombieism, calls them fanciful conclusions. Yeah. And 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 we know we later learn why McNabb says this, but everybody's just like, that's weird. Yeah, Joe Piscopo and uh, Treat Williams are the same way. They're like, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's weird. That's we, weird. I mean, we did just see these guys get shot 50 times each, but like zombies? Yeah, there, there's no like, nobody has like the reaction where they go, wait a second. Like nobody in this movie ever goes, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, like, or yeah, they're not trying to make sense of what's going on. They're just like nodding their heads and going along. Like, okay, sure. Uh, so Roger brings coffee. Rebecca kind of storms out of there angry. Uh, Roger brings coffee to her office. They snipe at each other a little bit. Uh, when a woman keeps a tank of dead fish in her office, that's a red flag. I don't think those were dead. I think those were fake fish. I think that was a cutout of fish. I thought that they were like embalmed fish in a tank. Oh, God. It could be. That would be weird. That's a red flag. There's a whole theme of fish in this movie. Yeah, that is a theme. Because there's what, the... What's the, the point? Uh... I don't. So there's the embalmed fish, then there's the fish tank that gets shoot, shot out, and then there's the fish tank that Joe Piscopo gets drowned in. But I don't know what there's the, the fish of the market, and then the fish at the. I, I don't know what the the theme is. Is uh, I'll I don't think know. About they it. focus on a lot because like Randy, the other female, uh, I guess you could call her a love interest in this movie. There's kind of sparks flying there, but like she has fish all over her apartment, and they and, like, like focus on it. Yeah, and there's a scene where she's just sitting there, like, mourning her dead fish that gets shot out in the shootout. And you're like, wait, is this – am I supposed to pay attention to this? Well, fish famously come back to life after they die. So maybe it's – they oh, famously – No. Joe, I was okay. making that up. <laughs> I don't know. Fish are weird, dude. I don't understand nothing that happens in the ocean. You're like, look, if you don't breathe air, I don't care. I don't – you're not my problem. <laughs> I'm not going to mess. Go You're like, I'm not going to go to the ocean. You don't come into the air. We're all good. We're all good. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> We're all fine. Uh, so Roger brings his coffee to Rebecca's office. Uh, Rebecca says she found traces of sulfathiazole. Th- thiazole? So I just, Joe, I just called it zombinolol. Zombinolol? <laughs> Zombinifrin? Yeah, zombinifrin. It just makes zombies. As yeah. soon as she said the weird compound, I was like, all right, this is part of the zombie thing. So I was like, I'm not even going to learn this. Well, it turns out it does not make zombies. It actually preserves their bodies until they can make it to the zombie machine. Which, how much time do they need to be preserved? Because when they when they turn Joe Piscopo back, not Joe Piscopo, when they turn Treat Williams back on, he'd been laying there for like two hours. And they're like, oh, let's see if this works. Well, Jeff, this is East L.A. If it's East L.A. in the summer. Oh, it's going to rot out. Yeah, real quick. Um, uh, so she also discovered that Dante Pharmaceuticals has recently purchased 50 kilos of this uh, zombie preservation drug. How does she how does how can the ME pull this up? I don't know. This is Shades of Ticker where he's just a bomb diffuser guy and he's like, oh, yeah, the uh, the Irish mob bought a bunch of this stuff. It's like, how can you pull that up? But at least Google existed in Ticker. This is 1988. Yeah, that, so she's connected to the Zombinolol sales database. Like, I she shouldn't so. have the authority to do this. <laughs> but, uh, Joe, I just yeah. would like to say that she stopped drinking coffee 
But she's like, it's bad for you. But she's like, I'm just going to smoke these cigarettes. She smokes cigarettes. And he says, I thought we gave that up, too. She was like, picked up one bag, bad habit, gave up another or something like that. Yeah, I would wager stick with the coffee. Oh, for sure. Just a thought. For sure. Um, Roger and Doug visit Dante Pharmaceuticals, where the front desk guy is reading a porno mag. <laughs> yeah, real just like, hey, buddy. Uh, uh, wait for your break energy from this guy. Yeah, it's like out in the open. It's not like a back room. It's not like a covered desk. It's like a desk in the middle of a wide room where you can go all the way around the desk to see if his pants are off. Um, yeah, yeah which, I, said, I said he was almost fired last week for this, but he assured his boss he was reading it for the articles. For the articles, yeah. Well, we find out later why this guy has a job because he will open fire on anybody at any time for any reason. Hard to find a guy <laughs> like that. <laughs> Hard to find a guy who there's a loud noise and he just starts shooting at people in the lobby. Yeah, but like 95% of the time he's just well contained. Yeah. But maybe that's why he has the porno mag that keeps all of his like more brutalistic instincts at bay. It, temper, <laughs> it tempers the monstrosity inside of him. Right. Yeah. You take that away from him. He's just killing everyone in the room. Okay. That Now it makes sense, Joe. Now I understand. There you go. Uh, Randy James. with Randy with an I is the PR director. It's a she. It's a girl, Randy. The PR director doesn't answer the cops' questions, but does take them on a tour. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, Uh, we got some questions about the zombie drug. She's like, how about I take you on a tour? Why don't I show you our suffocation room? Yeah. (laughs) Joe, I need to know when you want to talk about the suffocation room, because I have questions. When we get to the suffocation room, yes. Joe, I I have questions. Okay. Uh, Doug displays his knowledge of crab shampoos, then tries to hit on a lady scientist that walks by. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mostly ignore Doug at this point because he's contributing nothing to the plot. But just as I say this, he contributes everything to the plot. Yeah. He he's like, let <laughs> he me uh, let me the go plot along better than everybody. Let me go rogue really quick, which is funny because he's the like tight laced, uh, you know, by the book guy. And then he's like, let me just uh, let me go crazy a little bit here. No, 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 just... no, Doug. No, Doug, you're getting you're thinking Roger. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. I take it back. I take it back. No, Doug has just been cracking one liners to this point. I'm like, why is Doug here? Like literally at this point when I made this note, I was like, Doug's not doing anything to move the he's plot. Joe, he's doing Joe Piscopo stuff. It's just Joe Piscopoing. But then. Uh, okay, well, first, Roger shows Randy pictures of the morgue corpses and asks her if she's seen them before, but she says she hasn't. And then Doug kicks it into gear. Cause he wait, goes, wait, wait, hold on, hold okay. on. If you're going to show somebody photos from the morgue, maybe do f- just the face. Oh, yeah, he showed, like, <laughs> bullet holes in their fucking... They showed the torso. He's like, hey, have you seen these mangled bodies before? One of them got blown up by a grenade, if you want to take a look at the... He's like, I hope they don't off- I don't offend you, but they're not wearing pants as well. So it's yeah. just like, Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> the first photo is just the corpse's legs blown off. He's like, do you recognize these stumps? <laughs> She's like, yeah. She's like, no, I don't. He's like, yeah, everyone keeps saying that. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> they like, keep these guys saying- didn't exist. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I feel like there's a cover-up. These guys didn't appear out of thin air. Right. Nobody recognizes their their bloody stumps. <laughs> um. So then Doug goes full fourth grader on a field trip, and he just starts asking about everything in the room. He's like, hey, what's this over here? <laughs> She's like, well, that's an oxygen deprivation tank. He's like, what's this over here? He's like, that's a room marked no, no admittance. 
Yeah. So there, the whole tour, she's like, all right, guys, I want to answer your questions, but I'll give you the tour. She's like, here's our here's our uh, suffocation room. Here's our goop room. All right, get out. Get out. <laughs> That's the whole tour. And she like turns the corner in this hallway. It's like, this is where we kill things. This is where we keep goop. All right, bye. So, Jeff, now we're, we're at the oxygen deprivation room, which is a room that she explains sometimes when they're experimenting on animals, they got to put the animal down. This is the most humane way possible to do that, according to them. If they put them in a room, all white, sucks all the air out as they watch them through an observation window. That's what I want to know. So there's, so there's, and the observation room, just the, the observation window just opens into a hallway. So right. it's like it's it's like you know you walk down the hallway in the office they're like oh yeah this is our you know our VP of finance's office they're like oh hey how's it going and it's like uh, this is Mary she does HR it's like oh hey let me know if you have any questions this is oh look we're in for a treat we're suffocating a cow why don't you stay, <laughs> why don't you stay and watch this a little bit this is special usually the animals are smaller yes yeah but this one you can all of you can get a good shot if you just stand near the window yeah every uh, let everybody get through let everybody (laughs) everyone gets a turn come on yeah Yeah. what if there's like actual fourth graders going on field trips (laughs) to this thing just being scarred for life watching animals get suffocated um i love it so oh then to complete the fourth grader on a field trip persona he asks if he can be excused to the little boys room it's like i gotta go potty and he just he, he does it to get into shenanigans. Yes, yeah. Doug sneaks back to the no admittance room and hot wires the electric lock with his guest pass. Yeah. Which Pretty easy. Feels <laughs> feels like an oversight on their part. You just jam something in there and get the door open. I feel like you, you essentially don't have a lock at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, like... Uh, it, how is it as easy to open up as like your average door like lock, you know, or like latch? Joe, it's easier. It's easier to open than my door. You've tried to open my door when my oh, door is unlocked. Possible? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking venture capitalists should be just like sinking their bank accounts into your house. My door is impossible to open. Uh, Penetrable vault is a house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's he's just like he sticks it in there and he's like, okay, now I'm in. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's it just goes, you know, little sparks when he's in. Uh. Inside is a giant Frankenstein machine with a covered body on it. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a dark version of the room that turned out to have the uh, magma pit in it from Bleeding Steel. Like it's just yeah. this like sterile room with like a big thing in the middle. Yeah, instead of the magma pit, it's a giant Frankenstein machine. Yeah. Um. So the body. Comes to life, and it turns out to be a two-faced mutant biker. No, Joe. It's three-faced. It has three faces. It has three faces? It has three noses, Joe. Oh, my. Which we need to stop. Okay. So, this zombie machine. Yes. All it does is bring things back to life. Yes. What inhuman horror was this thing before it died? I don't know. Yeah, because, like, you don't die... You I think it was like a car to... wreck, and then you end up fusing faces <laughs> with someone else that looks yeah. exactly like you. There's the only explanation is some sort of they have transporters there, and there's some sort of like the fly style accident where like three bikers fused together and then got dressed <laughs> in well, one three, giant like, twin bikers all, yeah. all got fused together. Yeah, yeah this is it... like some weird conjoined twin that's like only connected at the face. 
But like in the face. Like, in the face area. They all share one brain, but like three faces. Yeah, and I'm I'm making that the image for this episode because it is baffling. He also has like 10 nipples on one side. Yeah, way too many nipples. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing about this guy makes any sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like immediately you think like, okay, they must be doing something else other than just bringing things back to life. Like That's must what be, like, I thought. Mutant experimentation of some kind. Um, but no, that doesn't get explained. So uh, Roger hears this and runs to check it out. But the front desk guy, Perv, pulls out a gun and Roger has to shoot that guy. No, he no. just pulls out the gun and just starts firing. There's a loud noise. and He's like, it's going off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Uh, Randy has PTSD. <laughs> he yeah. like, has dom flashbacks. Right. There's a lot like a car back like three weeks ago, a car backfired and he killed like 12 people. And took out a neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I, a bunch of kids watching a cow suffocate to death. Right. Uh, Randy screams no, indicating that she does not want Roger to get shot. She might have some feelings. Uh, mutant biker is slamming Doug's head against the wall. So Roger shoots him, but he's unaffected. So that says he's also a zombie, not just a mutant. Mm hmm. A uh, mutant biker starts strangling Doug. Uh, there's a dog in a cage just chilling and watching all this unfold because he's like, this means I don't die today. <laughs> it's like The dog's like, break the suffocation room. <laughs> Please. Hey, yeah, if you guys got time, uh, smash the suffocation room. <laughs> Revolution. <laughs> Attica. The dog's like Attica. shaking the cage. <laughs> He's like, come on, guys. He's like trying to get the rabbits involved. <laughs> um, mutant biker. Uh, oh, okay, Roger says, what is this thing? Doug says, very, very ugly. ugly. Great line. Yeah. Uh, this I, I was is, thinking how that. This is as he's being choked. No, this is why I love this line. Because he's being choked to death by a mutant two three-faced biker. Yeah. And his MO is so constantly... Get that flat one-liner out, man. Get it out into the world before it disappears from your head. You got to get it out. As somebody who's been repeatedly asked, do you ever turn it off? I I sympathize with this. You this sympathize <laughs> with Joe Piscopo. That is Joe Piscopo in this book. He never turns it off. He never no. misses an opportunity to get a jab in there. To, to crack wise. He loves cracking wise, Joe. He loves cracking wise. Um, Roger falls into the oxygen de deprivation room. During this whole scuffle, and he's locked in there. Joe, call me crazy, but I don't think you should put the controls for the oxygen deprivation room in the hallway. Because oh. the door's just open, and the lock for it's just in the hallway. Yeah, but there's also a back room, too. There's, like, a back control room that we well, find. Well, that's, that's how you turn it on. I think for some reason the lock's in the hallway. Because the, the biker and, and, and uh, Doug, like, slam into it, and that's what locks him in. Well, I, I, so I'm going to push back here because I think you would have to do that if you were dragging an animal to a certain death. <laughs> I think you'd what? have to be able to lock the room instantly when you get it in there. Well, I mean, they're not raptors from Jurassic Park. You can just have a handle on the door. You don't need to lock it. That's true. You could just put a treat in there. <laughs> like, yeah, the animals will just go for the treats. The animal doesn't, unless, Joe, what if they line up, that, that viewing room is to line up all the animals to watch another animal die. That would be something, yeah. 
it's like the opposite of what you hear like on dairy farms are like don't let the cow see the cow die like <laughs> it's like you show that cow no, the other you cow. show them you take notes we want to know how they react it's going to keep the other ones in line um yeah <laughs> <laughs> otherwise so, you get Attica dog otherwise you get Attica dog see we let him yeah we we kept him private let his imagination go wild with it yeah um roger falls in he's locked in there a mysterious person activates the room from a control panel in a dark control room uh doug is too busy braining the mutant to even notice his partner calling for help i mean literally doug's like hey or no roger's like Hey, I'm in this room. Can you open the door? Uh, he's like, yeah, because he's yeah, he was pretty calm about it. He's like, ah, uh, Doug. Hey, bud. <laughs> hey, and then what's Doug's going on? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> struggling with this mutant biker. And um, again, I feel like it's an oversight if you have a suffocation room in the middle of a hallway that you can accidentally get locked into. I don't know. Maybe have some way for a human to get out if they a accidentally release. get. Yeah, like some, some release at the ceiling or something. Like, or something that's just behind glass that you have to pull down. Something with hooves that, like, yeah, that, like, something with hooves or a paw couldn't get to. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a real oversight. For sure. Um. Yes. So Roger's eyes eventually turn white briefly, and then he dies. Did you notice this? His eyes turn white. And then he collapses and his eyes are black again. His pupils all turn white. I did not notice that. It but that's what happens when you suffocate. Yeah, no, I was like, this is a pretty cool effect. But then he falls down dead and his eyes are black again. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it would be cool if, yeah, that that's how you we tell just that. Kept he, some white. Yeah, and just he kept just white. stayed white the whole time. That would be amazing. Yeah, but Joe, consistency from scene to scene is not this movie's strong point. Well, also, Treat Williams has those beautiful, are they brown? I think they're brown. I don't know. Maybe they're blue. No, he's he was like a stud. Wasn't he the just quick offshoot? Wasn't he the jock in Revenge of the Nerds? Was he? Let's see. Revenge. No, uh, nerds. He's not in any nerds movie. Okay. Was he the neighbor in Married with Children? Because those oh, are the two absolutely not. No, no. I I know the neighbor in Married with Children. He's not the neighbor in Married with Children. Okay, then I don't know who Treat Williams is, and I thought I did know who he was. Joe, he's James Bennett slash Sam Phelps in White Collar. I don't know what that is. Joe, he's Pete Rising in Leverage. Don't know what that is either. Joe, is this his biggest movie? Did we just watch his biggest movie? He, Joe, he's FBI assistant director Walter Collins in Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. Moving on. <laughs> Joe, we did not watch his biggest movie, but we will get to that. It is a surprise. Okay. Interest, intriguing. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, Roger dies. He suffocates. Doug goes, screams, Roger, at the, <laughs> at the window. Uh, Rebecca arrives and gets the bad news from Doug. Uh, then they sneak into the Frankenstein room, which I can't understand how it's still open. Like, no, people can just do whatever they want. They're just like moving bodies around, just like strolling around the crime scene. It's like they've got in, this intense security at the front, this psycho perv with a gun. But then once you get past him, you can pretty much go anywhere. I, well, he's he's not actually ta- – he doesn't actually work there. They just right. try to live out. He's, just, he's a vagrant that wandered in one day and just, like, decided he works there now. That's where he jerks off from now on. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, that. They can't no, do anything they, about it. They closed the library, so we can't go there anymore. Right, right. Joe, Treat Williams is Benny Severide in Chicago Fire. 
I'm lost. <laughs> um, so they sneak into the Frankenstein room. Rebecca determines that Dante Pharmaceuticals uses the sulfathiazole to preserve the bodies until they can use the machine to reanimate them. Yeah, she just Joe, determines this the second she walks into the room. Joe, she just walks in and is like, oh, I know what this is. She's Tej. Yeah. She's this yeah. movie's Tej. Whatever they need her to be, that's what she is. Yeah, she's just like the brilliant mind that just like connects all the dots instantly. Yeah, and she's like, guys, they got a tank. They got it. Uh, they got a tank. Rebecca has to enter Roger's name and cause of death before using the machine to bring him back. And I have no idea why that would matter. Because they keep str- strong database in, for this resurrection machine. Right. Yeah. It's, but, but like, I mean, like, I can understand, like, so is it like if you enter exploded into 10 pieces, it goes, yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> Or it's maybe it's like a selector or it's like, please, please, you know, like, uh, please select the nature of the death. And so it'll do different things. Right, right, right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, Exploded into 10 pieces. It just like uses magnets. Just like suck all the pieces back together. Suck it all. Or use the, uh, it has the nanobots from Jason X. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Pieces. It fuses all the parts together. Um, so Doug says, what if he wakes up like some mindless idiot? And Rebecca says, this is no time for names. <laughs> well, so Joe, no. Joe, first of all, she, it's been like, well, then he could relate to you. Joe yeah, Pisco. that's what I was thinking, too. But yeah. like, they're both mindless idiots. I was like trying to like do a Joe Pisco, but it was like, it works just as well for treat. Like, <laughs> Joe. OK, so imagine you're a cop. You're you you, you got a partner. Imagine you're an Emmy, a medical examiner. You got this guy. You went on a couple dates. He yeah. dies. Yeah. You just like start hauling his body around and throwing it on machines and be like, oh, let's see if this works. Like that's the reaction. They're like, yeah. They're like, Roger's dead. I throw him on the slab. See if this works. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares about anything that happens in this movie. And everything sure. that happens is insane. It's it's very true. No one is trying to stop them during this whole thing. And then the really bizarre thing is that uh, right after this, Roger can't remember dying. So he gets resurrected. Or no, wait, wait, sorry. Roger is resurrected with electric bolts, like that electric bolt effect that shows yeah. up in all 90s and 80s movies. Like the uh, the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and he, he wakes up like a mindless idiot. <laughs> yeah. Joe, I'm calling BS. Do you know why this scene is unrealistic? Yeah. Not even a dribble. Treat Williams did not pee himself. Oh, he didn't pee or poop himself. <laughs> no, not even a dribble, not even anything. That's true. Here's another reason why this movie's unrealistic. Because electricity is what brings these bodies back to life. And throughout the movie, we decide we learn that electricity is what kills zombies is the only thing that kills zombies. But special electricity will make them explode. Not regular electricity. That'll just right. kill them. But special the, electricity on zombies will make them explode. Double dose of the electricity from the machine. Yes, it's well, it's special. It's special electricity. Special electricity. Yes. Uh, so Roger can't remember dying. He's like, oh, hey, he doesn't remember anything. Like he just woke up from uh, getting knocked on the head. And Dr. McNabb shows up for some reason. This is really weird. Like, why is McNabb there? Because he's uh, he's in on it all. We find out later he's in on it all. So it's got to be like your boys are down here. You got to make sure they don't blow the op. Oh, okay. But it feels really weird right away because it's like, well, wait, why is McNabb? 
Because, like, I, I don't even think the mortician, like, Rebecca shouldn't even really be there. Like, she well, should be waiting for the body to come back to the morgue, but she's she knows Treat Williams, so she shows up. Well, on, like, so Kate watches a lot of these cop shows. Mm-hmm. And and the the mortician and stuff, they go to the scene to, like, help. That. Yeah, to help figure out how they died. Although in this one, she just, if you remember, we skipped over it, but when he's in the suffocation room and uh, uh, when Roger's in the suffocation room and Rebecca's examining him, uh, she's just like moving his hands around. Like she's like, yeah, he's (laughs) he's asphyxiated. Yep, that's it. (laughs) But oh yeah, she does the thing where she lifts his arm up and drops it. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, yep, he's not fake. She like puts it over his face and she's like, oh man, he's not faking it. No. (laughs) Um. Roger has no heartbeat. Dr. McNabb says he's faking it. <laughs> Amazing. The number of times in this movie, people are faced with supernatural things. And they're like, ah, this is BS. Like, where's, yeah. where's, what's the trick here? What's your game, buddy? But that's such a weird, like, does he think he's going to sell the room on that? Like, oh, yeah, he's he's holding it in. He's just <laughs> holding, his, he's holding his heartbeat. It happens all the time. He's holding his heart breath. We do it all the time. Um... Roger has no oh yeah yeah so Roger gets cut on his artery by like a glass or something he breaks a glass and he has lights in his arm yeah he bleeds light he has some weird lights oh hey medallion oh um, there it is there it is there it is uh, this he's one scene where he bleeds light where he bleeds light that's Never, what it was dude. nowhere else in this movie do these zombies bleed light literally just this scene. And that's what they kept. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't change that in the medallion. Um, Unless they were planning to use a shittier light effect. Because this is like the light from like one of those fake fireplaces with like the coals, like the light coals. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. But then he's also not bleeding. And that's what sells Roger on that he's dead. He's like, like, I know I hit an artery there. It's like, really? (laughs) He he knows he's dead because he's like, that should be dark. Why is there a light there? Yeah, <laughs> he's not even thinking about blood. He's like, why are there lights inside of me? Uh, Rebecca tells Roger that he will progressively decay over the next 12 hours. Uh, How does she know this? I don't know. Also, why does this machine exist? They're like, here's our immortality machine for 10 extra hours. Well, we know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Why does this? What well, this is like a um. I, this is a prototype, is what I think's going on. Because later on, we get a better machine that does better things. That uh, could be. Yeah. But their their whole plan is to use this machine. We'll get to it. But the whole plan is to use this machine to do small time robberies. You bring yes. people back from the dead to do cash, da- cash and dash robberies, which that will not pay for this machine. So what I think has occurred here, I think there's a two-pronged operation happening here. I think the people at Dante Pharmaceuticals are attempting to come up with a machine that will give Grant eternal life, essentially. That's what what Loudermilk wants. Yes, that's what Loudermilk wants. And we're giving away the whole movie here. Who cares? But uh, uh, McNabb gets involved when he realizes that this prototype machine that doesn't quite do that but keeps people alive for 12 hours – he can use that machine to resurrect bodies and steal jewels for himself. But I don't know what Loudermilk gets out of that. I don't either. I, it, I, it doesn't make sense. And what I don't understand is how does the doctor get involved? Does he just like – does Loudermilk just like, hey, medical – you know dead bodies, right? 
McNabb, you're you're familiar with dead bodies. He's like, yeah. He's like, how do I make them come back to life? He's like, what are you talking? Like, how does McNabb yeah. get involved? Well, I have a feeling that McNabb like brainchilded this whole thing, and he like went to Loudermilk on his deathbed and was like, look, dude, here's the deal. I can bring you back to life. But how does Dante Pharmaceuticals, which is run by Loudermilk, have the machine? Actually, that's true, because then why wouldn't Loudermilk just bring himself back to life or have someone else bring him back to life? Yeah, why is McNabb involved? It's just it's that's one of those things that doesn't get explained. But. um, Yeah, (laughs) because I said so, that's why, because it happens. so Rebecca tells Roger he'll progressively decay over the next 12 hours. Roger says he'll spend his last 12 hours doing what he loves. Police Copping. work. Copping it up. Uh, Roger takes the whole death thing pretty well, but starts freaking out as his complexion starts to fade. So the boys pull over for some makeup. Doug won't let his partner die and get in the way of his flat one-liners. Yeah, he... um, I... <sighs> What was wrong with him? Like treat, like you said, Treat Williams is more worked up over his complexion being slightly pale than yeah. dying and coming back to life. Yeah, he t- handled all that really well. He's just kind of morose and mopey about it a little bit. But like, then he looks in the mirror, is like, my God, my face. What is wrong with me? Which I've seen people look worse than that just walking around. Dude, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, half of our college population looks that bad after Saturday night. Like, exactly. Worse than Exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is where Doug gets in his flat, uh, his uh, gay references. Gay I just I just was like, all right. All right, 1980s. You you have your thing. Yeah, because he puts on lipstick. Yeah. To, Roger puts on lipstick. To brighten to, his face up. I guess. To look like a harlot. Yeah, he's going to visit his lady friend. <laughs> yeah, he's got to look pretty for her. Yeah, and Doug's um, like Doug does the whole like, ooh, like that's your color. Like, yeah, the joke is that the the entire joke is that they're gay lovers. That's yeah. the whole joke. Yes. <laughs> um, the boys find Randy, and she's like, looks like she's on her way out of town. Um, but they they stop her, and she asks what happened to Roger. Like she doesn't already know. She was there. She was there when this whole shit went down. Um, he's wearing lipstick, as I said before, uh, and she comments on it. Randy says she can't help, but Doug finds a video cassette in her purse and pops it in the, uh, video player. I feel like all of this is illegal. I feel like this is all unlawful search and seizure. Oh, you think when he's like holding up her underwear and like half sniffing it? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think cops are supposed to do that. Yeah. I don't think that's covered. Um, but anyway, uh, it's it's old Vincent Price, and he's on his deathbed on the video yeah. cassette. Uh, two zombie goons burst in, like, halfway through Vincent Price talking, and they just start blowing shit up. Like, they just start shooting everything. They, they go hog wild. It's great. Yeah. The boys and Randy escape to the patio. Roger gets shot in the back, like, five times. And as he's bleeding he's like, for Fuck. some reason. Yeah, and he's bleeding. Good question. Why is he Why bleeding? Is- is he bleeding light? Also, Joe, how did the zombies find them? Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Probably they had her house bugged. Like, they, they the probably zombies, are watching her. There was, there was a zombie stakeout? Yeah, yeah, yep. 
<laughs> they're just sitting there. One guy's eating a bag of like of like brain chips. Yeah. <laughs> dried brains. <laughs> dried brains. Just drinking bad coffee, eating dried brains, just on a steak out of the house. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hiding blood in the clamato can. Clamato <laughs> <laughs> bomb. Uh, the zombie goons search the backyard. One of the goons bursts, like, kind of senses Doug and, like, bursts into a shed and drags Doug out and starts beating the hell out of him. And then Roger bursts out of the hot tub. Yeah, and he was like, the fake other. dead. Yeah, fake oh, no, dead. But it's... It, yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was gonna say no, he's, he was just hiding in the water, which doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes no sense because it's a hot tub, which means it's, like, basically the size of my piano I'm sitting in front of. And he's in the water and they show the zombie looking into the water and there's nobody there it's magic joe it's the magic of movie making you can hide maybe in a large pool or something you don't know what kind of powers the undead have uh, of invisibility yeah (laughs) it's true i've never met an undead before um so anyway he bursts out and like surprises the other one and like tackles him uh, Roger electrocutes a goon in the bathtub, which again, fascinating. Yeah, electricity brings him back to life. It's it's like uh, you know, if you drink too much water, you die. If you drink too much electricity, you die. As and if you drink no water, you you die. It, exactly. Um, Doug impales the other one with a pole. The undead die. Yeah, Joe. Question. I wrote this note here, and I don't I I don't remember the context. I wrote. Does Doug pop the zombie's ball? Because he like he like grabs him by the crotch or hits him in the crotch, and the, there's a noise. There's a oh, noise when he gets that. hit, like a popping noise when he hits the zombie in the crotch. No, so I think I Doug pops that. his ball. He pops a ball on the zombie. That yeah. probably hurts less for them. You don't know that. Maybe what not. if it's yeah. the? You know how it's like when you die, your hair, your fingernails and hair keep growing. Maybe the nerve endings in your balls. That's work. the only thing that keeps growing. Your body yeah. focuses everything because it's like you're dead. We have to produce more life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah. they keep the balls going. Uh, Doug says Roger needs to teach his girlfriend to hold her breath underwater for five minutes. And yeah, yeah, cha 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 for blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe Piscopo. Uh, Randy mourns her dead fish. Yeah, this is the. This is the the, the weird second iteration of the fish thing that we're trying to. There's got to be some. There's got to like, be. And she says she's like, you don't understand. They really hold on it. It's not just her like mourning it. It's like he asked her. He's like, what's the big deal? They're fish. She's like, you don't understand. The blue dancers are my favorite. I don't know what they're called, but like blue something. They're, they're my favorite. Fish. My favorites always die or something like this. It's like, OK, chill out, lady. You're you're dead already. Spoiler <laughs> get, a gri- get a grip. it's fucking fish dude i lost my fish when i was like seven years old and i don't think i remembered it a week later (laughs) well joe were they your favorites yeah it was my only fish so yeah by definition it was my favorite your favorite fish uh the vincent price tape continues and he tells randy to remember how very special she is and instantly i know she's a zombie (laughs) well could that not mean she's a zombie well, he calls her princess, and I was like, oh, is there some sort of uh, 
relationship like uh some sort of royalty thing but no like secret royalty because i'm still trying to find the uh medallion or like daddy baby situation going on god joe no but like uh something's going on here uh she says it's her dad it's clearly not her dad um because he's old as shit she's young as shit (laughs) joe you don't know uh also no dude like that is that's actually classic that that is classic tales from the crypt line that shows up all the time in a Tales from the Crypt episode where the femme fatale is a zombie or a vampire or something else. And like she's told she's special. And you get some line like you're a very special person. Like, I'll never forget how uniquely special you are. Um, so anyway, Vincent Price is Arthur Loudermilk. And Randy says he's her father and he died two weeks ago. Uh, Randy says that Dante Pharmaceuticals is her father's private think tank, but swears he knew nothing of the giant Frankenstein machine in the lab. Yeah, I'm going to call BS on that one, Joe. I think I shall be proven right. (laughs) Uh, She says she delivered the sulfathiazole to a guy named Thule. 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 Whichever. Uh, I was going to say he's like uh, Chinese, but that is not a Chinese name. Yeah, call him Chang. Like, <laughs> what is, what's so hard like, about this? Like every other self-respecting 80s movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why you got to make it interesting? Uh, he's in Chinatown. Roger detains Randy, says she's coming with them. Then she gives him clothes without bullet holes in them. Yeah, and, and this is, okay. Then we get Roger changing, and I have questions. Okay. One, why does he have a bandage on his wrist? Is the light going to keep bleeding out? That's a great question. <laughs> is he waiting for the light to clot? Yeah, yeah. Two, well, he doesn't want to walk around like advertising that he's a light being now. I guess so. Maybe maybe what happened was he was driving and he kept blinding uh, Joe Piscopo with the light. Like, you yeah. know, like a, a watch on somebody's wrist. You're like, ah, cut it yeah, out. Yeah, that little reflecting. Yeah. Reflect. Two... His hair is falling out. Joe, should he get Keeps? Keeps? The sponsor of the Reactionaries podcast, Keeps. <laughs> guys, Promo you're... code Zombinolol, and it will undo your death or guys, your money back. Yeah, I'm 35, uh, and recently I've been starting to think uh, I would really like to keep my hair. Um, but also, I don't really care if I start bleeding light or not. That's just yeah. something that a price I'm willing to pay. So it's a um, side effect, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Three, Joe. He mm-hmm. gets shot. We know he was shot. Later on, there are bullet wounds. Yes. There are not bullet wounds in this scene. In his chest or back? Yeah. Yeah. There's no bullet wounds. So that was just a little, um, uh, a little thing that I noticed because I said. Because at this point, I didn't know there were bullet wounds. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, does does this just heal? Like, does he have, like, this is where I was trying to figure out if he had Wolverine powers. Or if, but the corpses had the Y cut still. So from the um, autopsy. So I was I was really trying to figure it out. But no, it's just, it's just bad movie making. No, yeah, there's clearly marks. As the movie progresses, we notice, like, there's clearly, whatever's occurred to you stays on you. Yeah, and it's funny, too. As Except for Joe Piscopo. We'll get to that. It really feels like there was one person in charge of Treat Williams like, okay, so you're in charge of making Treat Williams look like he's undead. 
and you're everything related to that. And it feels like halfway through the movie there, they just fire that person to get somebody who can actually do it. Cause right. it's just like, he's just like slightly pale and like he does, they like don't have the bullet holes or anything. And they're like, all right, this guy sucks. Like we yeah. need to get somebody else. And then yeah. he gets really good. He gets really good at the end. Um, but they, it's like they took the guy that was supposed to be there for Joe Piscopo and they moved him to treat because Joe Piscopo's face is all like to jump ahead is all like decomposed in yeah. a fish tank. And then next scene, he just looks like Joe Piscopo. Yeah, Joe, though they couldn't mess up the moneymaker. Couldn't mess up the moneymaker. Uh, although he has a fucking heinous looking face. It's his body that's the moneymaker, really. His body is the moneymaker. Uh, so we get a jump scare where Roger looks in the mirror and, oh, my God, he's a Halloween decoration. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I don't get it. You don't but, get the Halloween decoration. No, I, I, I don't get what the purpose of this was. Like, it's him seeing his own death, but he's like, he doesn't care 99% of the time, except for this one time. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to become a corpse and I'm going to get scared about it really quick. But then the rest of the time, he's like, they can't kill me. I'm already dead. Ta-ta-ta-ta. Yeah, it clearly like impacts him enough where he would hallucinate of himself completely decomposed. Okay. And if that has that effect on him, I don't think I would be able to work after that. I would just be like constantly thinking about that for the next 10 hours. Well, I maybe in a better movie, I feel like the closer he gets to death, the more he can see behind the veil, as they put it. He can see more death around him. Oh, okay. In a better movie. That's what this this made me think is like that's him like crossing over and being like, OK, so there's death around me. And so maybe maybe in a better movie, he starts to see kind of like a dead zone effect. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he can pierce the veil. But no, it's just a jump scare. Just a Crypt Keeper uh, jump scare. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Randy's ex-boyfriend was a cocaine smuggler smuggler based on his outfits. Oh, yeah, dude. This is a great outfit. I love it. Um, yeah, this this outfit has uh, flying a, uh, a uh, plane uh, from Miami to Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is the guy that gets caught at the end of a three episode arc of Miami Vice. Yeah, that's what this guy yeah. looks like. That's what exactly. this outfit looks like. Um, Doug says he knows a place with great egg rolls in fucking Chinatown. <laughs> really unnecessary. Yeah. Egg rolls, egg foo young, sweet and sour <laughs> pork. How many more of these you got? <laughs> um, they try to question a butcher in one of the meat shops, but he chops his badge in half. He chops yeah. Roger's badge in half. Which was a good touch. I liked it. They did not keep consistency with that, though. Later on, he just has the whole thing. I wish they'd like stitched it back together, but he just has the whole thing. Yeah, or taped it or something. Yeah, that'd be great. And um, Joe Piscopo calls him Mongo, which means in this universe, uh, uh, Blazing Saddles exists. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, just incredibly racist because that clearly means like. I was Mongolian. thinking Mongoloid or Mongoloid. Yeah, I was. I was. Mongolian. I was going. <laughs> I was giving Joe Piscopo as much of the benefit of the doubt as I could. I probably should not have, <laughs> given it's Joe Piscopo. How could you give him any benefit of the doubt? Uh, Tool, Tool, Thule, comes out to defuse the situation by activating his electro ceiling lamp, uh, which reanimates all of the meat in his store as he escapes. 
Joe, I have problems with this scene, but the first problem I have is... Nothing but admiration for this scene. (laughs) The first problem I have is... So, at the pharmaceutical company, Dante Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. It's an entire room to do this thing. Yeah. But at the Chinese butcher shop, you can just hide it in a chandelier. Okay. Because, here's the deal. And why does he have it in his butcher shop? Well, because they all work together. But Dante Pharmaceuticals is attempting to, as I said before, make a machine with zero side effects that can reanimate a body. This thing is basically just reanimating, like, loose livers and bladders and stuff like that are around the store. Um, like, tripe is, like, getting up and, like... And running around, like, yeah. Um which is not exactly the desired effect that Dante Pharmaceuticals is looking for. So I think these are all levels of this machine and technology. And um, this is maybe like the most low end version of it. So this was just a prototype that they're like, yeah, give, give it to, give it to tool. This is a, uh, a thank you. Yeah. Keep them, keep them in the, uh, you know, keep them happy. He's like, Hey, do you ever want all of your products to come back to life? Well, we've got the thing for you. He's like, yes, (laughs) yes, I do. Um, so anywho, we get zombie ducks, chicken heads. This scene made me sick to my stomach. It was so well done, but it was, it just made me so queasy and uneasy to watch. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like it in any other movie I've seen. I was, I really enjoyed this. So zombie ducks, chicken heads, pig, fish, chicken breasts and thighs, exploding eggs, and a random liver that tries to suffocate Roger in the face. Yes, all of this stuff coming back to life, really getting agitated. And Joe, you've really never seen a scene like this in a movie before? Never. So you've never seen the director's cut of Little Miss Sunshine? (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Yeah, wow. The the Um, little girl and Steve Carell go to a shop. And... (laughs) And the Chinese proprietor just turns on the thing and all the animals start to go haywire. I just like the idea that like in that movie, because if I remember correctly, they're doing a road trip to a beauty pageant. Yeah, to like a little kid beauty pageant. Steve Carell would like be like, hey, you know what I could use right now? Some duck vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Some fried duck vagina. Um. Doug does an amusing or an amazing throw of a chicken into a meat grinder while he's being pinned down by zombie pig. So zombie pig has jumped on his chest and is like trying to eat his face. And then there's a chicken pecking at his, his fro or not his, uh, his, uh, mullet. Mm -hmm. So he grabs the chicken and just nails it, dude. He throws it across the room directly in the meat grinder. Yeah. Bullseye on it. Joe, that's what's impossible in this scene. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's how impossible it is. It stood out in the scene. I was like, that is an incredible throw. <laughs> You're like, hold on. You're like, I, I, I cannot abide by this. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hold up. Um, so he's being pinned down by the zombie pig. Oh, then he ruins it with this line, like this awesome moment. He says, that's it. From now on, I'm a vegetarian. And then... <laughs> He also said, he's he's like, his brain was like, that was a killer one. Let's he's go like, for another. He, he did says, it, Piscopo. 
all right, this little piggy's going to market. And then he just, like, <laughs> execution styles this. <laughs> this gun, pig. gun in mouth. Makes gun him bite down mouth. on the chamber. <laughs> that is so weird. Um, He shoots zombie pig in the head. Uh, the butcher pops up. He's alive still because he just got knocked out. Um, and chops off one of Roger's fingers. Then he, he like put, he like chops him between the the. Okay, but go back and look. There's no, like it doesn't. A bump there, it's like his hand is like this, but there's an extra finger. Yeah, but they but they're like, wait, that will be too much to do. So then later on, they just have it where he just has a slice down the middle of his hand. Yeah, I wrote apparently Roger has an Alfonseca hand because there's still five fingers there. Hey. Um, that's a reference for like 12 people. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he chops off the, or slices Robert's hand and then he dies as he's shot by Doug in the stomach. The butcher does. Yeah. Uh, then we get giant headless zombie cow. Yeah. It's, it's uh two, it's a, a cow without the legs and the head. Oh, is so that it's, why it's so much shorter? Cause it looks a little smaller than your average cow would be. Yeah. Like if you, small cow. It's, like, cut off at, like, I guess for lack of a better term, the elbow. So mm-hmm. it's walking on its elbows. On its stumps. On its stumps. And then it yeah. has no head. No. Um, and no organs, because it's sliced up the middle. Uh, so, yes, zombie cow carcass. And this Takes feels like... Freezer. Joe, have you seen the videos of the Boston Dynamics robot? No. Like, you haven't seen the Boston Dynamics robot? It's this freaky little quadruped robot, and that's what this reminded me of. This is, like, the final evolution of it. Oh, really? I know yeah. about, like, the robot dog they had a while ago that they were, like, trying to train to open doors and stuff. And I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah, that's – um. have you seen the the, Bo- the Boston Dynamics, uh, like, humanoid robot that, like, dances and stuff? No. Oh, wow. Okay, never mind that. <laughs> um, the great – The great word. <laughs> The great line I saw about it was like, all right, this this is cool, but imagine them doing this with a semi-automatic rifle in their hands and then see what <laughs> see how you feel about it. See how fun it is. Yeah. Um so we get giant headless zombie cow carcass that smothers Roger. Uh Doug shoots a zombie duck's head off. Uh bullets are ineffective on the cow carcass, but Roger shoots the ceiling lamp and all the meat stops moving like it explodes. And all the meat stops. Joe, this brings up a lot of questions. Yeah. If they destroy the machine that reanimated the zombies, do the zombies die? Hey, apparently not. Like, or does the chandelier just work in the immediate area? That's what I'm saying. Is it's like a lesser prototype that only yeah. works uh, to reanimate things temporarily as it's on. That's true, and then we do see later the 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 duck head. So yeah, maybe it it is like only while it's on it works because the duck head they turn it on and the duck head comes back to life. Yeah, there's a duck head in the next scene on like a little switch pad, and like uh, I like how Treat Williams just like pinches its mouth shut. It's like, it, <laughs> and he just, like pinches it shut. Yeah. Um. Anyway, after this scene's done, Randy says to Roger, "Hey, you're hurt." Roger says, "Lady, I'm fucking dead." Great line. I loved it. Loved it. That should have been the tagline. I don't think they can have that. Lady, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can put that on movie posters. 
the boys trash Thule's back room, find a zombie duck head. Roger pinches his mouth shut, we said. Uh-huh. Uh, they find a list of dates and initials of recently deceased people, including Arthur P. Loudermilk. I have a different theory on what this is. Jeffrey Epstein flight logs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you think Gertrude was on that flight log? I think so. And Joe, uh, do they do they have warrants? Is Treat Williams is like, I'll be dead anyways. I don't care. There's no I, warrant. They just start digging through stuff. Dude, can you imagine if Treat how stupid would Treat Williams have to be like, be like, no, no, no. Guys, I know no. I got 12 hours before I decompose into a soup. But we've got to go through the proper channels to get a warrant to search this place. And actually, now that I think about it, I think flipping a switch that made every single piece of meat come back to life, I think probable that con- cause. I think that constitutes probable cause. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, there's only a few places where we've seen reanimated corpses. One of them is Dante Pharmaceuticals, which we're investigating. The other is this meat lab. I think I, th- I think a judge would, would say that that's okay. I think that that qualifies. Yeah, after he got done throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, you guys can go for it. Um, the boys and Randy go to the library. And in a shocking twist... Doug has never been in a library before. <laughs> that is the thing that was most unrealistic in this movie. I was like, this guy, Joe Piscopo, never Yo, been in Piscopo, the library? The learned, the great Joe Piscopo. The legendary scholar. <laughs> um, they examine the old newspapers and find out that all the people on the list were wealthy. Doug is mad that the Lakers didn't beat the point spread last night. Three months ago. Oh, this is three months earlier? Four months ago. We find out that it's July, and he's like, I got March. So he's mad the Lakers lost four months ago. Yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, um, Roger freaks out reading the obituaries as he realizes he's wasted his life. He also runs like an eight-year-old, which is great. Does, yeah. In the in the in the style of people not knowing how to run in the, in these movies, but he says he's like all these people with these obituaries, they're writing mine right now. I, does he think there's a whole department like at the newspaper where like they're like Johnson, uh, Gertrude Smith died, writer obituary. He's like, all right, she she was a lovely woman, and he also he also this guy should not have been a cop because Joe, how does he think he's gonna die? Um, he always said, well, he says, he says, I thought I was going to go out in a blaze of glory. In a blaze of glory. You do not want a cop to say, I <laughs> always thought I would go out in a blaze of glory. Cops are specifically yeah. there to prevent blazes of glory. Yeah, there's two, there's two <laughs> professions where you don't want to hear that come out of their mouth. Cops and mailmen. <laughs> <laughs> if a mailman says, I always thought I was going to go out in a blaze of glory. You fire that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy needs to go. Also, change the lock so he can't change come back. Change the locks. <laughs> um, yeah, he freaks out. He thinks he's wasted his life. Doug cheers him up with a motivational speech um, that basically centers around him going, hey, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to do with your time? Remember, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're not he's like, he's like, you know what, Joe Piscopo, you're right. 
Um, yeah. Also, Roger critiques him on his grammar. Like after that that little speech, he's like, "It's asses, not ass." Yeah, which which I was like, okay, but then it comes back at the end, Joe. They bring it back. It's a callback, baby. Chekhov's ass. Chekhov's asses. <laughs> uh, Roger tells Randy that half of all the people who have ever lived are still alive today, which is a lie. <laughs> and this is his big like pickup line to impress ladies. That is such a lie. I don't know for sure it's a lie, but it has to be a lie. <laughs> Let's see. How the people that have ever been alive? Let's see. I mean, it, it kind of... Uh, about 113 billion people have ever lived. <laughs> yeah. And I don't so think that no. changed so much since the 80s. No, I don't think so. Uh, Doug responds basically, my wife! <laughs> so he's yeah he says joe piscopo says yeah and did you did you know that if you take the population of rhode island and multiply it by the square root of my ex-wife's weight and then they cut him off yeah joe do you know what there's population of rhode island multiplied by the square root of joe piscopo's wife x weight is no the uh salary of the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers minus their star pitchers Fernando Valenzuela and Oral Hershiser. Yeah, Joe, I had to I, make that up. No, Joe, I did math, baby. <laughs> Joe Piscopo divorced Nancy Jones in 1988. Nancy Jones is about six inches shorter than Joe Piscopo, who is six foot one. The average okay. BMI in 1988 was 26.5. She's a little under that, so I made it 25. That would be 164 pounds. Square root of that, 12.8. 1988 Rhode Island population, one million point zero one so that would be 12.8 million is that the salary of the dodgers minus fernando valenzuela and oral hersheiser 12.8 million dollars i did math that's impressive you know be even more amazing if the number ended up being that 10 digit number that's written in blood in the lampshade that would have been cooler and i was really hoping that was the answer (laughs) joe it is also approximately the salary that Fernando Tatis will make for each of the next 14 years just on his home game. So. Got to get a Tatis reference in there. There you go. Your favorite, your favorite, Joe. Staying relevant. Um, Roger introduces Randy to Rebecca at the morgue, and the implied cat noises are deafening. Oh, yeah, Joe. If this was, if this was a, I don't know if it's a lesser movie or a greater movie. It would have had cat noises. It's a good question. Yeah. Good point. Um, uh, it's, it's, I love Randy's response. I didn't write it down, but she's something like, uh, her big like slam is like, Oh, you work here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. It's like, yeah, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I work in a, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. Fancy pants. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. What do you have? What's that around your neck? A stethoscope? That's what it actually is. Oh. What do you have? Did you pass the MCATs or something? Ooh. Hey, can you look at this thing for me? It's kind of weird. <laughs> I've had this rash on my privates for like a month and a half. Joe Pisco's like, I know just the thing for that. <laughs> yeah, Joe Pisco's like, I gotcha. Um... Rebecca gives Roger a physical, notices he's been shot, determines he has three to four hours left. Yeah, which, how does she know that? 
I don't know. She's throwing numbers out there. <laughs> she's like, you know, if I'm right, uh, great. If I'm wrong, he's happy. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. I'll just undershoot it. Uh, Rebecca says she found info on a special procedure that would extend the regeneration. But since she's not 100% on it, Roger, quote, can't take that chance and would rather do nothing. <laughs> yeah. What's the chance? He goes from three hours left to dying right then and there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, he's like, I got to watch like the last uh, three episodes of The Shield. I can't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I he's can't like, I got to He's like, I got to see how Walter White gets out of this one. Right. <laughs> um, Rebecca may be on maybe an on again, off again fling. But she nags like a wife who has put up with Roger's bullshit for years. It's pretty great. Um, because she's basically like, "Why are you doing this? Like, why yeah, are you? What, what is your deal? You're about to die. Like, just do, just do something about it." And everybody, uh, Rod- by the way, everybody is so glib to the rapidly dying detective. Like, yeah. everybody's like, this is the last time they're gonna see him. And they're like, "All right, get out of here." Yeah, can you imagine if you had a friend and you knew they were going to die in like four hours? The, the Most people, I imagine the attitude changes significantly. Hey, can I get you like a glass of water? Like, or like when you go to leave, you'll at least give them a hug. You're like. Yeah, <laughs> like they, extra long hug. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. The, okay. attitude is, the attitude of everybody is like, all right, later, boner. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you want to you want a hug? Gay? <laughs> Um, yeah, so Roger and Randy head to Loudermilk's grave. Doug heads to Loudermilk's lawyer's place, who we've never met, so, uh, and we never will. Uh, nope. Dr. Doctor McNabb shows up. They were just like, all right, just, just go somewhere else. Just go, go away, Doug. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need you, Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah, you, you've served your purpose here. Uh, Do- Dr. McNabb shows up in a fancy new car. Um, Roger, oh, oh yeah, he shows up in a fancy new car. He's got, like, a nice watch. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, Roger's, like, commenting on it. And then as, he, as Dr. McNabb's, like, Dr. McNabb's, like, you're a little early, early for your autopsy, aren't you? And he's, like, yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> and then Roger's, like, I love that guy. <laughs> it's like, so great. He would never do anything wrong. It's, like, that guy's the shadiest fucker in this movie. Um, Roger makes jokes as he drives through the cemetery with Randy, but he holds his breath the whole time to counteract the bad karma. Yeah, that's how you do it, Joe. That's, He's that's really how you don't good get, at that game. That's how you don't get got in the cemetery. That's right. Roger shoots the lock off a crypt, and they enter. Roger interrogates Randy about her real relationship with, lou- with louder milk. Turns out she's an ex-addict he met in the hospital and, quote-unquote, Took under his wing. <laughs> you know what? Sure. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> sure. That happens all the time. Yeah, because uh, he's because he calls her out that she's not really his kid, right? He's like, what's yeah, the real like, story here? Well, because like on the tomb it says like beloved oh, yeah. husband, nothing, no mention of a daughter. Yeah, she's stealing orphan valor. He's like, yeah. he's like, you excuse me, who is your commanding orphan officer? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Uh, they find a 10-digit number written in blood on the inside of a lampshade. 
they return to Randy's house where the door is open. The power's out. The door is shot out. Oh, yeah, it's off the hinges. <laughs> it's like smashed out. Yeah. Uh, an old movie is playing where the protagonist is talking about not being alive anymore. He's like, I'm dead. I tell you, I'm dead. It's like the, a 1950s movie. Yeah, he's like, well, I'll tell you, uh, you may see me standing here, but I'm not breathing. I'm as not breathing as those guys over in the ground. It's like, OK, <laughs> I, I get it. I'm dead. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm dead. I'm saying I'm dead. How many times I got to say it? In this <laughs> Turn movie, the TV off. Zombies. I'm dead. Um, Doug is dead <laughs> behind her and hanging from the ceiling with his head in a fish tank. Which the living room's not that big. I feel like they no. would have seen Joe Piscopo hanging upside down in the right through the door. Like, where is? Oh my God! Why is the door? Oh Jesus! Oh, <laughs> uh, and um, Joe, we finally get some peace in this movie because Joe Piscopo cannot Joe talk. Joe Piscopo is gone, but not <laughs> for long. No, um, Joe, he's sleeping with the fishes. By the way, literally. Bada, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, and. Hey, look at me. I'm Joe Piscopo. I'm a gay fish. (laughs) (laughs) I love fish sticks. I love fish sticks. Ooh. Which, Uh, Joe, Joe, some respect. The newly divorced Kanye West, please. All right. Some some respect for Kanye West, Joe. Sorry, Kanye. At least you're not married to that troll anymore. (laughs) That hobbit. Hobbit. That's what it is. Come on, Joe. Yeah, I was going to say, not a troll. Uh, Randy goes to take a shower. Um, oh, by the way, this needs to be mentioned. Uh, Piscopo's face is, looks like a drowned face. Okay. It's like, been, all these it's like rotting. Faces, it's rotted. It's saggy. It's like saturated with water. Um, that's what it looks like in this scene. Keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> Randy starts, uh, Randy takes a shower and Roger decides to sneak in after, which is pretty yeah. weird when you think about it. Like, well, what's the worst case? He's got to shoot a shot. He's going to be dead in the morning. That's true. That's true. Um, Randy starts saying that she lied about being in the hospital for addiction. She was dead. <gasps> oh, no. I knew, at least. Uh, they brought her back and said she'd have a normal lifespan if she helped them. But they lied. Her hand's all old and shit. Just her hand at this point. But then, oh my god, her face is melting. And now her arm fell off, and her head fell off, and her skull is melting. <laughs> it escalated quickly. Very quickly. She went, she went from, like, needing to moisturize her hand, and then just all hell broke loose. Yeah. Um. I, so this, I said, most of this is very good effects-wise. I, I actually love this scene effects-wise. Until the very end of the spool. Except that <laughs> when her face dissolves. It's so weird. Like, the skull is pretty sweet, and as the skull's melting afterwards, that's sweet. But there's a point where, like, it's this, like, clunky dissolve of, like, half the face. Joe, it looks like they had two PowerPoint slides. One yeah. with her face, one without her face, and then they just did, like, a random tra- transition between them. It looks like what's happening with your boom mic right now. In oh, the it's, back, like, fading it's in like, and out? Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. Same effect. Um, But otherwise, a very sweet scene. I no, love anything where, like, the face is melting. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I, that gets me every time. <laughs> you put on the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark to go to bed. Every time. <laughs> on repeat. 
<laughs> that a warm glass of milk you're out like that uh anniversaries i'll have it on in the background <laughs> uh roger leaves rebecca you're like usually it's anniversary singular because <laughs> yeah. after that it's no, no good anymore right but because I keep doing it, I have multiple anniversaries. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's out. You know. You're like, you know what? As the the first girl that lets me do that twice, I'm marrying her. <laughs> that, she's big. She's my wife. <laughs> my wife. Uh, Roger leaves Rebecca a voicemail, then realizes the ten digit code correlates with the old lettered phone buttons. Yeah. Which no one will know about if you were not alive in the 80s and 90s. Joe, it's on our cell phones. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It is? Look. Yeah, if you go to... Oh, oh my God, you're right. Yeah, because I figured it out because I went to my phone because he only does body doc. And I was like, well, what are the last three digits? They're T-O-R. Body doctor. So, body doctor. Yeah, I was curious what the last three digits were. So, yeah, it's it's on our phones, which you can't see because it's disappearing for some reason. No, Magic. I saw it on mine. Yeah. Um, I said it spells body doctor. So Roger rushes to the morgue. Roger confronts Dr. McNabb while he's combing a wig and accuses him of killing him and Doug and using Loudermilk's machine to resurrect the corpses. And apparently Loudermilk was buried alive or something, so he left that code in case of a double cross. And if this all sounds confusing, it's because it's coming from a person whose brain's disintegrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's the random – it's like at the end of Signs where, where they're like, no, it's just her brain rapidly firing as she died. Yeah. But actually it all ties together. All ties together. Um. Yeah, I like it because the doctor's like, oh, your brain's just disintegrating. Yeah, and, I, I, and I think if I were Roger, I'd be like, hey, you're probably right. I'm going <laughs> to lay down. I got to lie down. Uh, Roger blames McNabb for burying the other rich people alive and points to his fancy watch and ring as proof that he was involved in the robberies. Which, Jeff, if I'm a doctor... <laughs> I'd be like, dude, I'm a doctor. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I don't understand. You think so I can't afford a fucking watch? Are you kidding me? Yeah, sorry you can't afford a fucking Movado on a cop's salary, but I went to fucking med school. I don't under so I don't understand. Do they think that people rob jewelry stores to wear the jewelry? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. That's what this guy seems to do. Okay, and then I I have a question. So are there two resurrection machines? There has yes. to be. Yes, there's the one that Treat Williams got resurrected on, and then there's the new one. But he says that. So Vincent Price says that like a couple scenes later. Where is the new one? It's back it's, at Dante Pharmaceuticals. So they have two they have two resurrection machines at Dante's Pharmaceuticals. One yes. that resurrects people for twelve hours. One that resurrects people forever. Forever. Okay. Why are they using the one that resurrects for 12 hours still? Uh, because they use that on the people who don't pay half their fucking multi-billion dollar fortune or whatever. But I feel like an army of the undead is worth it to just keep using the... Because you can always put them back in it and make them explode. Yeah, and that's what they do. Like they're Like, they're using that machine for themselves. They're not selling that service out to people. Because okay. they don't want everyone else to have an army of the undead. Okay, so Joe, I feel okay. So if they are, we'll say there's a legit business being used, which is resurrecting people, 
and mm-hmm. taking and for half of their fortune. That's the legit business. Yeah. The illegitimate business is knocking over check cashing places and jewelry stores. Yeah. I feel like that's like a multi-billionaire like buying like one Bitcoin. Okay. Like, you're, so like, here's, it's not going to like. Right. Because you're trying to think of it from Loudermilk's perspective. Loudermilk doesn't give a shit about the jewelry stores. But McNabb has to give a shit about the jewelry stores because he's getting none of the money. For resurrecting these old Wait, fucks. Wait, he's not getting. He's got to get a cut of it. He gets none of the money for the old fucks. He only gets money. The only reason he's even tied into this whole thing is because he works at the morgue, <laughs> and he can bring the bodies. The bodies can uh, go through the morgue and get back to Dante Pharmaceuticals. That's so the only reason he's there. So, for lack of a better term, he's providing the raw materials to the resurrection machine. Correct. <sighs> Joe, this movie is convoluted. And so he has to have his side hustle, and his side hustle is knocking over the jewelry stores. Well, can't he just drive Uber instead? It's true. <laughs> can he learn to code like the rest can of us? They learn to code. Can this doctor learn to code? <laughs> learn to code, doc. <laughs> um. So, but I do love that he's like, "Hey, you got a nice watch, doctor, and a nice car, doctor." Doctor. It's like, yeah, I'm a doctor. What do you <laughs> expect? You're answering your own question here, Raj. Just as Roger fires a shot, two zombie henchmen burst in and restrain him. And Tool is there, too. And Um, the one zombie is dressed like Japanese Michael Jackson. I didn't notice that. He's got, like, like, just the outfit he has. I was like, that looks like something Michael Jackson wore. He's got a glove, like, like one glove. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, zombie Japanese Michael Jackson. So Japanese thriller Jackson. Yes. Yes. We already have zombie Michael Jackson. We already do. Uh, Roger is locked in a soundproof ambulance outside the morgue to decay while McNabb monologues about how he loves him like a son. Wait a second. uh, Sorry. Vincent Price did the thriller was in thriller, wasn't he? I don't know. Maybe they used his voice. Yeah, his voice. The spoke. Okay, Vincent Price provided the spoken word sequence at the end of Michael Jackson's song Thriller. Okay, I had to get that out of my brain. Interesting. So. Um, dead Rebecca is in the ambulance too. She's dead now. Yeah. Did they just? She's dead now. Oh, you know, by the way, she's dead. That's why she didn't pick up the phone earlier. <laughs> uh, Roger laments about how he'd always hoped they'd end up together. He could have just called her back. <laughs> yeah. I- she, he had a shot. She wanted to be with him. And he's like, oh, man. I she really wanted flew. to be with dead him for the last yes. moments of his dead life. That's right. It was the bullet holes. When she she opened his shirt up and saw his saggy fucking flesh <laughs> and bullet holes and was still like, you know, he's cute. She's like, I'd still hit that. I'd still hit this. Um, Roger decides to put the ambulance in drive and coasts down a hill, putting countless lives at risk while he slams into some cars and the ambulance explodes. I this wrote, is what so is, fucking reckless. <laughs> I wrote, what is the plan here? And then the car exploded and I was like, oh, that's the plan. is to get launched free of this vehicle and hope you don't get trapped inside the burning wreck. But he was in the vehicle probably burning for a while, right? So his plan is to get pulled out. That's yeah. basically what it is. 
It's been Any night guts? a while. It's been night a while. I'd just like to point out he had three hours to live and it's been night a while. That's all. I would just like to That's say that. That's true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, later, Roger's charred body is pulled from the ambulance and he stands up, commandeers a cop's gun and bike, but he has a badge, so it's all good. It's good. The corpse, the corpse has a badge, so uh, Jeff, just... if you're if you're a bike cop on on patrol, and a corpse comes up to you and is like, "Hey, I need your bike and your gun." I give it <laughs> the to two him. things you can use. One you could use to kill me. The other, or at least disable me temporarily. The other you could use to escape from me. To but I'm gonna away. need both of those, and I got a badge to prove that I need those things. Hey, it works, Joe. It works. And at this point, I went, "Why isn't he wearing a?" Oh, okay, never mind. Because I was like, "Why isn't he wearing that? Why didn't he take the helmet?" I was like, "Oh, he's dead. It's okay." <laughs> yeah, right. Like that was my gut reaction. Dude, the first thing he does with his fucking bike is when he gets to Dante Pharmaceuticals, he propels himself through the glass <laughs> door, fucking head first into the ground. Um, oh, man. McNabb is hosting a super secret rich person's gathering back at Dante Pharmaceuticals. Arthur, I, yeah. I, I read a, a, a documentation of this meeting once. Go Do on. Do I even have to say it? Yes. <laughs> Joe, the book was called The Protocols of the Learned of the Elders of Zion. Learned elders of Zion. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but like our major concern is not necessarily controlling the media or the banking system or even gold. What it's really about is to reanimate zombies. <laughs> I'm not even really supposed to be saying this, but like. <laughs> is that what happened with Jesus? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was patient zero of the grand Elders of Zion reanimation experiment. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and now you all praise him. Think about that for a second. That's the, lo that's the long game? That's the long con. Uh, Arthur P. Loudermilk emerges, um, undead and very Vincent Pricey, says the man in his grave was a volunteer. Yeah, which is spooky. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean the volunteer wrote the numbers inside the lamp? That could be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that because I was trying to think, like, what is Vincent Price doing writing these numbers and, like, putting somebody onto this whole plan? Yeah. But why didn't they just put a fully dead body in there? Like, who wrote the numbers? Because Vincent Price wouldn't have because then he would have gotten busted and they could have just put a dead body in the morgue. But they didn't. They put a live body in there. Why? So, I good question. Here's the other question. There's no body in the crypt as they're walking around. So did this guy just, like, write the blood number and then give up and then go lie back down in the coffin and die? <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's so weird. Like, that whole thing is – dude, that is actually really frustrating to think about. I, I don't understand what happened there. The logistics of what went down there. Yeah, yeah, because like it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Okay, uh, anywho, <laughs> Loudermilk sells the old money bags on eternal life. Uh, oh, by shitting on the on the worthlessness of their kids and grandkids. That's the way he sells it to them. He's like, hey, you guys don't want to die because think about all the fucking nobodies in your family that are gonna earn your uh, steal your money from you. 
all the losers and jagoffs that get to use your money after you're dead. You don't want that. You don't want your children and grandchildren to live a good life, do you? That's not what you worked your whole life for. (laughs) They're too old, but this is real big boomer attitude here. (laughs) Dude, for sure. Yeah, this is like... This is what the how the boomers learned their ethos was from this these old fucks from these people. Yeah. Um Gertrude and Walter and the other old names are intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Loudermilk says poor people are supposed to die, but God wants rich people to live forever, and even if he doesn't, they can always buy him off. Joe, God does not want rich people. Does not want anybody to live forever. It's kind of his deal. That's like what makes him special. That's <laughs> it's the whole his thing. Eternal nature. He lives forever. So it's um, yeah. I I I I don't think he knows a lot about God. Is all I'm gonna say there. And um, he also says that the the gift is eternal life. Right. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get to that. His proof is that he's there. Right. You know, it's interesting because you can't just fake your death. <laughs> That's true. You, you can't just put some loser in your tomb and make people think you're dead. No, because that's why he brings the body. Somebody says that, basically calls him out on his bullshit. Yeah. Says like, "You're full of shit. This is insane." But then he's like, "No, I got a body right here. You can ch- check it out. You know, it, flick its nose. It won't move at all. You put it. You know, do the hand thing. Yeah, wipe your hand in your butt. Put it right up to their nose. They won't even flinch. <laughs> Not even your old your old lady butt." You're they won't even know it's happening. They won't even react. Um, so he has them do that. Um, oh, but first we should say the procedure will cost half their fortune. Oh, wait. But before we even get to that, this is where it started. Thinking, have you ever seen the movie Death Becomes Her? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking classic. Great. But movie. this is where you think like, okay, he, he's promising no side effects, zero side effects, and you live forever. That's impossible. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Because even if you could never die and never decay, you got problems somewhere down. Like, statistically, probability-wise, you're going to lose a limb. You're going to fucking get chopped in the head. You're going to fucking smash your face up real good. And it's not going to regenerate, right? Yeah, there's going to be a problem, yeah, where something's – an accident will happen to you. 100%. And without blood to pump or anything, your body will not heal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But anyway, the procedure will cost half their fortune. All these people are very rich. And he's basically trying to consolidate all of the wealth and become the richest of the rich. Yes. Um, And then he says, look, you'll have eternity to make it back. Which I feel like somebody would notice. That if someone wasn't dying. Well, I think at a certain point you have to like hide away from the world because that's what they do in Death Becomes Her. Eventually they just kind of like hide themselves. Yeah. Or like Tuck Everlasting, Joe. Tuck Everlasting. Did you not have to read Tuck Everlasting in elementary school? No. Uh, It was some like front. It was like Little House on the Prairie, but they live forever. But they're zombies? (laughs) Pretty much. Um, Roger arrives and rams into a security chain, flinging himself through the glass door and shoots the security guards, which I thought was a pretty sweet, sweet little scene. Yeah. I do like how this movie really feels like an action movie. It, it like so much of it feels like an action movie with just zombie elements. If it, well, you could watch it and really feel like it's a horror movie and you could watch it and really feel like it's an action movie. 
Yeah, because when I said we should do it, you're like, no, this is a horror movie. And then I was watching, I was like, no, it's it's an action movie. It is. It's got plenty of action in it. A, an ambulance exploded, Joe. That's true. There's plenty of explosions. Um, lots of shootouts with zero consequences, but still. Um, Gertrude calls Arthur's bluff, but he tells everyone to inspect the body he has on the machine. Uh, then he reanimates it and says that the new machine offers eternal life without any limitations. Um, but it also has the same crappy electricity effect as the old model. <laughs> Look, man, they made it better. They didn't re- they didn't rethink the wheel. Right. <laughs> um, Roger encounters a zombie henchman, but locks him in the oxygen deprivation chamber with a grenade. Joe, that was actually, the, yeah. Is this before or after the zombie Uzi shootout? This is before, right? This is before. Yes. yes. So yeah, he locks him in. Yeah, the grenade, the the deprivation room with the grenade. Tosses a grenade in there, blows it all up. Um, after they fill, and you can hear. The rabbits and the dogs cheering in the background. They're like, woo, Attica. This is that same dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's all, he's like smoking a cigarette and he's got like long hair now. He's, he's got like cornrows. Older Pacino. Oh, yeah. uh, older Pacino. I was thinking he's been in jail so long he got cornrows. Oh, he got cornrows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got tattoos on his, on his face. Yeah. His old dog face. Um, so, uh, oh, this is after they fill each other with bullets. So this is the kind of a shootout because, like, they're yeah. shooting at each other. Nothing's happening. I do love how Treat Williams is basically backing this guy into the deprivation chamber. He's just, like, coming toward him. Yeah, well, she's like, yeah, why just... would this guy give a shit? <laughs> he can't be killed. But he's faced his, his ultimate opponent, somebody else who can't be killed. Right, right. So right. he panics. He does. He's like, wait, I didn't know I was going to encounter this. Uh, Roger barges in on the old folks. McNabb tells Thule to kill Roger, so he shoots all the old people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice this? He's like, get him! And then he just starts mowing down he these old people. He starts spraying down the old people, yeah. Well, um, I think I think what happens is, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't Roger shoot him? And so he's firing his gun and, like, falling over. I think that's oh, why no, he... Oh, he gets shot at the end. No, he's oh, just, great. like aimlessly spraying around the room um yeah so then he gets shot he ends up dying uh zombie goon another zombie goon tries to shoot roger doesn't work he gets electrocuted i can't remember how he gets punched into electric wires or something he like gets thrown into electric wires like he just picks him up and throws him into the electric wires which as as we know (laughs) which okay sure he's got super strength now electricity is what does the trick um, McNabb unveils the body. It's zombie Doug. What? And he's got a regular face. What? Joe Piscopo won't let him mess up the face. No, no. He's he He's got regular... I'm, I'm sure, dude, I can actually see that shit unfold. They're like, you were just in a fish tank, so we have to add a bunch of makeup. He's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not I doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's like, I don't, that's not going to happen. I don't want to do that. And they're like, dude, Joe, we, we're like almost done with this movie. <laughs> it's just, everybody's just like rubbing their temples. They're like, Joe, please. This is your final scene, please. <laughs> and that's why they just give up. They're like, you know what? He goes home tomorrow. If we just shoot this scene, Fuck it. he goes home tomorrow. He's out of our lives forever. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, Joe Piscopo, he's, he, he would have the attitude where like, all right, Joe, we're going to put the prosthetics on. He's like, nah, that's okay. Like no, he doesn't, 
he doesn't push back. Like he's like, no, that's okay. You don't have to do that. They're like, that's okay. Yeah. You guys like, take a break. You you take a five. <laughs> uh, Roger. No. Okay. So zombie Doug. Doug has been brain dead too long. His whole life practically. So he's a mindless <laughs> goon now. <laughs> I was just gonna say he's. <laughs> He's been brain dead so long that when he woke up, he was just Joe Piscopo. <laughs> He's just Joe Piscopo. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. So he's mindless. He's a mindless goon now. Also, his face is undecomposed somehow, as I said. Uh, Roger pitches Doug a death day party. Yeah, because they talked about hey, uh, earlier in the movie, Joe Piscopo was like, hey, if you know your death day, you know you could throw a party every year on your death day. Oh, I missed that line. Yeah, That's earlier, yeah, way back when they were talking, like at the beginning of the movie, he was like, uh, you ever think about your death day? Like he he asked he asked Roger that. So this is all to get him to remember. His, yeah, that he is Doug, and this is Treat Williams. Yeah, that's um, why he's like, death day, mulberry wine, brings out my eyes. Yeah, I get to that. But anyway, uh, but it's great, yeah, because, like, he and Doug and uh, Rebecca and actually Randy, they could all get together and do, like, a death day super party. Yeah, dude, they'll meet at the pearly gates. <laughs> that goon over <laughs> the, the perv goon. <laughs> um, Roger pleads with Doug as he's being choked. Remember the lipstick? Mulberry wine brings out my eyes. <laughs> he does like the gay voice. Yeah, like and Joe Piscopo's like, hey, that's a, that's a pretty good joke. That sounds some, like something I'd do. I see some lighthearted homophobia does the trick. Doug's back. <laughs> it's his superpower. Like, like, yes. <laughs> gay jokes. <laughs> it's like, remember who you are. Gay jokes. Be an yes. idiot. Yes, of it, course. <laughs> it's all coming back now. Coming I understand. Back. Um, the boys descend on McNabb as Loudermilk shouts, why can't you kill him? Uh, was he listening to his own speech? <laughs> yeah. Does he know? Maybe he's got dementia. Yeah. Maybe he's brain dead. <laughs> maybe he's brain dead. Yeah. Cause he's shouting from the corner. He's like, why can't you kill him? I thought it was McNabb would be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Where have he you turns, been? He turns, he's like, have you, have you, have you been paying attention? What, is it a joke? What, what are you talking about? Yeah. Are you messing um, with me? Uh, yes. McNabb blows his own brains out as Roger and Doug kind of like descend on him. Roger feels cheated until he realizes he can bring McNabb back with the machine, even though his brain's got a big hole in it. Yeah. I mean, it worked for Joe Piscopo. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Piscopo's brain's got a lot of holes in him. <laughs> You don't need the whole brain for it to work. <laughs> um, Roger somehow knows what happens when you do a double resurrection with the machine. Your body explodes. <laughs> the whole thing goes. Yeah. Um, Joe, Joe. So McNabb's body explodes. Did you, <laughs> not, it, did you not pay attention in science in school? This feels like a day one thing. They're like, if you resurrect somebody... Try to resurrect them a second time. Right. They'll explode. Also, when you're working with chemicals, wear goggles and gloves. Right. <laughs> it's a day one. Be careful thing, with the Bunsen burners. They're not toys. Yeah. If they're not, if you're not using it, unplug it. So, you know, accidents happen. Be careful. Right. That's true. Uh, Loudermilk is pleading for them to save the machine. 
and offers them money, power, eternal life. Um, but they give it all up and fire several shots into the machine. Well, he can't offer them that. They just saw what happened if they try to get eternal life. Right, yeah. That's kind of a <laughs> that's a soft bluff. If I would say. <laughs> like, it's it's a hail mary for he's like well they know what happens but maybe they won't they're like well one of them is joe piscopo it's so. <laughs> just like a real 50 50 chance of winning here um i think i can take treat williams with my old man body i'm not so sure about joe piscopo but if joe piscopo blows up i think i got a chance i think i got a shot here um yeah so well that does it for our heroes they banter as they walk into the eternal light, and I said they better not be going to heaven. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> Joe, what if I told you there's all the a people they blew where up where they're angels? Angel, Roger, and Doug. I said, and this time Doug gets to correct Roger on his grammar. Yeah, the asses. And then I did a where are they now segment because this is a late '80s movie, so oh, it kind yeah, of feels of like something they'd flash up on the screen, like you know stuff. So I said, Roger got his wish and was reincarnated as author of the highly acclaimed series Makeup for Men, How to Get <laughs> Chicks with Lipstick. <laughs> Doug also got his wish and was resurrected as a girl's bike seat. Unfortunately, it was Roseanne's exercise bike, but fortunately, it was never used. <laughs> That's right. the end. So that's Dead Heat, Joe. And um, remember when I said we were talking about Trent treat williams's uh body of work and i said oh he was in a big movie joe i said i'd tell you what big movie it is at the end please do joe treat williams plays sheriff tarsi are you familiar with sheriff tarsi i'm not you should be because he plays sheriff tarsi in the 2021 hit run hide fight Treat Williams is back next week, baby. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Treat Williams is back. And Joe, Treat so is Williams. Show is so is Nate Boyer. Do you remember the name Nate Boyer? No, I don't. Nate Boyer is a former military guy who went up to Colin Kaepernick and said, Don't sit, Neil. It'll make people not get mad at you. <laughs> oh, he's the brainchild? Is it's his brainchild? The kneeling was his idea. Wow. Jeff, first of all, before we go to that, I just want to say how it's surreal to me how often we manage to blend one week's movie into the next with a connection. This one was completely unplanned. I mean, we yeah. had no clue Treat Williams was in that movie. Yeah, Joe. He's he's Sheriff Tarsi, so he is going to be in it. He is the fifth credit on Real Good for this movie. I know exactly who he is now that you've said it. He is, but he's so old that I couldn't even – he looks so different. But um, he is the ineffective police officer, like the sheriff that like doesn't doesn't choose to act immediately. Basically oh, he, go in and blow every kid's head off that he sees. It's like trying to, you know, gradually get through this thing. So he is. So, OK, so run, hide, fight next week's movie. It's um basically a school's getting shot up and a girl saves the school. The, on, the only yeah, thing Rambo that saves. Style. Yeah, the only thing that can save a, a a a school with a shooter in it is a good a good kid with a shooter in it, a yeah. good good girl with a gun. That sounds seems good. Weird. Girl with a gun. Good girl with gun. But so Treat Williams is the guy. So there's the sheriff that happened when Parkland got shot. Exactly. Shot up. 
that all the conservatives are like, well, it's not the gun's fault. It's the sheriff's fault. Exactly. Yep. So this is their, their commentary on that. Jeff, by the way, <sighs> very excited for this movie um, because there's so much of that in there. Like if you you don't even have to look that hard and it's just like hitting you in the face every scene. There is a conservative messaging thrown into every scene in this movie. So. Don't be a li- is this is the the theme of this movie don't be a libcuck? Don't be a libcuck, yeah. <laughs> don't be a libcuck snowflake and you'll stay alive. Libtards not welcome. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So this is Run Hide Fight next week's movie. I'll give you the actual description. A 17-year-old girl uses her wits, survival skills and compassion to fight for her life and those of her fellow classmates against a group of live streaming school shooters. This movie is only available through the Daily Wire. Yeah. Unless you want to stream it illegally. If you don't know the Daily Wire, it's Ben Shapiro's company. <laughs> Political commentator Ben Shapiro. Well, best-selling author as well. Of a terrible book, Joe. <laughs> True Allegiance? I've never, I've never read it. You're not familiar with True Allegiance? Oh, my no. God. There's a whole series where people just read True Allegiance and make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll be doing that next week with his i don't know if he was involved in the screenplay but it feels like he was involved in the screenplay like like he should be there are some major conservative minds that wrote this movie i i i don't know yes i'm excited joe hopefully there's going to be some uh some protocols of the learned elders of zion could be there's, maybe slipped in there some some lib some lib cut gun grabbing it could be like like uh the shooter the school shooter is getting texts from like uh, Barack P-O- Hussein Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just says B H O. It says B and then all capital letters Hussein. Hussein O. <laughs> oh, all right. So let's call it there. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Reactionaries Podcast. We will be back next week with, like I said, run, hide, fight. Um, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you don't like what you heard, just subscribe. So, for Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care, and you have a good one. Jeff, that color looks great on you. Mulberry wine. <laughs>